It is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, and you are listening to episode number three of This Ain't Iowa, volume two. can't believe it we are wrapping up our first month of this ain't iowa volume two tony you know what's funny about this is that uh if this was the old days we would be wrapping up our first week of shows (laughs) it is funny but i love how you do the math you say we've wrapped up our first month well we've managed to get through january it's not really a full month we've done three shows that's going to be a full month. Everybody, let's manage expectations. Three shows is going to be a full month. Expect some with two. And if we do one with four, that means my life is turning to shit. Um, I, uh, I do have to say, this feels, first of all, the thought that we used to do three of these in a week is insane. Because I'm exhausted currently. Um, <laughs> after after uh, three weeks of shows where we do one. Uh, But two, it's starting to feel normal again because we had a bunch of tech difficulties, one with our guest who we're going to be getting to very, very shortly, uh, guest slash co-host. I don't want to, I can already see him jotting some shit down on a paper and I don't, I don't need it. Uh, But also um, at the very beginning of the show, when just you and I were, uh, were on kind of waiting, I could not hear you and you signed off and you signed on and we like, I could not get your volume. I actually, I'm not great at tech support, but I did figure it out and I didn't tell you. There's this volume knob on my microphone and son of a bitch, if you don't have to turn that thing off of zero, you hear the person speaking to you. I know, which so, is really weird for you because you like to have everything cranked up. You like to have your gang cranked up. You like to have your volume cranked up. Well, here's where you're wrong. I like all the parts of me cranked up. And quite frankly, I could do with less of you. Well, this is um, now all of a sudden making sense. We've just yeah. somehow managed to do two shows without you even listening to a word that I've said the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was the critique that uh, my wife gave me. She's like, Tony's a great partner for you. And I was like, oh, is she complimenting Tony? And then I realized she's like, you know how you're annoying and you don't stop talking and you interrupt me all the time? Tony seems fine with it. Uh, so congrats. You got a compliment. I'm still waiting on one, but I'm sure, uh, we'll get one soon. Um, I do want to mention, uh, it's starting another reason it's starting to feel like the old school TAI is it, uh, we're, 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 we are starting to get like a really good community going on our discord and, and social media and stuff like that. And, uh, I want to thank everybody who who's jumped on board and I hope more do, but it only took one episode. The first episode, everything was overwhelmingly positive. Oh my God, I can't believe it. You guys are back. I have missed you. Everything was great. By the second episode, these message board forums are an abortion. (laughs) Brian's music taste is trash. I'm like, well, that's cool. I guess uh, the honeymoon's over. And we're right back where we were. But just, hey, enjoy the fact that this can be an abortion of a show. The way the U.S. Supreme Court is heading, this is the only place where you'll get to have an abortion 
anytime soon. All right, we're not doing topical humor here. I, and I was pretty clear about that, I felt, in the, in the pre-show meeting, but okay. Uh, I do want to do a quick shout out to a few people that just joined up. Dipper, of course, who we know as, uh, as always the first cab after the rank. Uh, Coinboy, who I have, that's a character. I have spent a couple of evenings with that guy and he is something. Uh, EAA, uh, love that guy, good friend of mine. He finally found us. Uh, and then KGB, my favorite conservative, maybe tied with Pi Gow Pete. Uh, but uh, he came on, and uh, th- so there's a couple of different tabs in our in our Discord, right? And and I actually want to open this up. If anybody has suggestions for new tabs that you want, I would love to hear it. We have a general tab. We have a memories where you guys can talk about past show moments that you'd love for us to revisit. There's a gambling tab that was just added. Uh, well, in the memories tab, KGB, people were posting different like memorabilia that they saved, right? So they had our big coaster, um, our uh, our pack of uh, of cards. And then uh, KGB, I, for the life of me, don't know how he got his hands on this. I'm sure I gave it away in a fit of anger for something. But he has a a plaque that says, proud member of the Las Vegas Chamber of Commerce. Now, some people were confused as to what that meant. And I'm not going to go into it uh, because they are litigious. But if you know, you know. And I cannot believe that dude has held on to that for, uh, for 10 years. Now, I believe I have one of those at some stage. You were giving them out like candy. But I have a... <laughs> I thought it was at a... Um, the last Tycon, those things were floating around. You might have taken a few on your... As you were being marched out the door, actually. You might have grabbed a couple and... That's excellent, Tony. So when I, when I said I didn't want to talk about it because they were litigious, <laughs> you were just like, let me just give all of the uh, details. Hey, they don't know where you got that sign. It wasn't from the Chamber of Commerce themselves they'll never they'll never they'll never find us here because i learned my lesson and i'm no longer using my full name on podcasts hey it's not like you can be Um, fired unless you're firing yourself no it's true and and lord knows uh i can't possibly be causing them any any damages (laughs) um all right listen are you a member of the las vegas chamber of commerce now that you're a business owner that's a great question. And uh, so I happen to know how this works. Every, they have a deal where they like uh, they buy, anytime people get new business licenses, they buy that list. Uh, and then they turn them over to their like phone room who cold calls everybody who gets a new business license and say, hey, perhaps you'd like to have somebody come out and talk to you about the benefits of joining the Las Vegas Chamber of Commerce. And I 100% did get that phone call. Uh, and, uh, and I... I mean, I won't get into all the details of the conversation, but I did politely decline membership. And uh, and uh, I told him I, I did not need anyone to come discuss the benefits of membership because I used to head that department, motherfucker. Not that I worked there. I'm just saying it's a fine organization. It's just it's not for me. You know, it's not for me. So anyway, listen, uh, I, I, I kind of want to hurry up and kind of get to our, our guest slash co-host today because I think we got a lot uh, lot to get into. So any any other housekeeping up front, Tony, or can we do it? Apologies for the Discord link that I posted on the website. For whatever reason, Discord likes to have their links expire after seven days. So contact us either through Instagram, email, or Brian's personal um, Instagram and Twitter accounts. And we'll yeah. send you the Discord link. He'll have to forward it to me, of course, because he doesn't know how to send off the link. Hey, but- you know what? I fucking, I, 
you ask a couple of people from that uh, from from our email, which I checked uh, our email, and I forwarded them correct links. And do you know how I did it? You copy and paste. I it. cut and pasted links that you had, yeah, that <laughs> shit that you had sent other people. But the fact is, now I can do it because I could just cut and paste shit you've already done. So take that, everybody. Uh, all right, go ahead, Tony. Should we play a little intro? A little intro for our let's give let's us something play. special. Okay. Mm. It's, it's, that was fucking magical. Okay. If our guest was a unicorn, you nailed it. Or would this uh, be more appropriate? I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> do it live. Definitely. I, I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> O'Reilly is the correct sucks. O'Reilly's the correct intro. Uh, everybody, uh, the, listen, I'm not going to fuck around. We, uh, we know who this is. He is a TAI legend. He, uh, he was the, the permanent Friday co-host. It's MoPhobes, everybody. Phobes, what's up, buddy? Why don't you have your camera on? Uh, you, you know what? Let's do it. You guys have your camera on. I'm going to have my yeah. camera on. I want to let everybody know ahead of time. I, I am wearing a tank top. Uh, I don't wear them often, but I'm wearing one right now. There it is. Yeah, well, I don't want to say that I've been working out because I haven't. Did you but, have uh, what's that? Did you always have tattoos? I've gotten a couple of tattoos. Wow. I've gotten a couple of tattoos back in the day. Got a little microphone, got some puzzle piece. I actually just got this one uh, uh, like a week ago. You guys are the first to, uh, to see it outside of people in my home. These are the, I got a skyline of, uh, of the three cities that have, uh, have made me. It's New York on the top. Tucson in the middle. Uh, I, I, I mean, I lived in Tucson for 22 years. I do not remember this many large buildings. I've got to say, and then, uh, and then we got Vegas on the bottom. Tucson looks remarkably mm. like London. That looks like London Bridge in the middle of that Tucson tattoo to me over Itch. webcam. Well, you know what's funny is there's no bridges in Tucson. Want to know why? It's desert. So there's no water in which to build a bridge over. So I'm not really sure what she saw. Maybe I sent her the Tucson skyline and she's like, boring. And she's like, I'll just do London instead. Uh, but whatever it is, it's on my body now. So we're just going to we're going to roll with that. OK. And then my second, uh, how, how do I find these shows? <laughs> what? How do I find these? I didn't know you did a second show. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> if you want to be part of this, know that know that the show exists. I was, I was like, what? Two shows? We've got a full, we've got a website. Really? Uh, yeah. We've got social media. Okay. I mean, this is what Tony tells me, I, so yeah. I assume it's true. I don't know why he would lie, but. T-A-I. Is on iTunes? Or? Yeah, yeah, we are on iTunes there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like my father for the, <laughs> my dad was on the show. And What is this, on the computer? Can I find it on the computer? <laughs> yes, T-A-I-V-2. Dot com okay. is where you can find us. And we All are my listed. stickers are worthless now? Yes, your stickers are worthless. Um, Someone else has that URL, we can't get it back? No, I'm not saying that. I was just I was just thinking, let's relaunch it. Let's make it different. And first thing Brian does. I got a lot of merch. I'm wearing some of it here. I found a whole garbage bag full of shirts with <laughs> That's the tag great. still on. So. Garbage. garbage. With the ta- you mean this wasn't part of your rotation, bro, for... For fucking 18 years or however long uh, you were doing the show? I found it in Nick's room. Wow. So there it is. 
Phobes is uh, rocking uh, the Ship It shirt, a little uh, homage to Tommy Dutch. That might have been our, that and our degen- uh, Embrace Your Inner Degenerate shirt, I think, were the first two we ever produced. And then yeah. we didn't stop putting out merch that nobody purchased. Um, uh, anyway, listen, first I, of all... We, we had our little meeting. We talked about how we absolutely missed the boat on making any money <laughs> on any of Yeah. Kind My, of we're continuing that tradition. My specialty in the entertainment industry is to find pockets of time where it's impossible for me to succeed. Like if I had, you know, I got into comedy, uh, you know, I started doing open mics in 1999, but I didn't actually start like doing it uh, regularly until about 2000, 2001. Uh, By that time, the comedy boom had already crested, but we were not yet in the new boom where social media and YouTube and all those things happened. I was in that pocket where nothing was happening and that's where I stayed. Same thing with podcasting. When we started podcasting, nobody knew what a podcast was. It was impossible. Forget about monetizing it. I couldn't even get a guest to be on like my comedy show. Cause they're like, what is it? Internet radio. I have a radio. You're not on it. Like it was impossible. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then we quit right when it started to explode. And now we're on the back end where no one will ever find us because everyone you've ever met has a podcast. So well, that's kind of my sweet spot. Well, yeah. You did get guests back in the day because didn't you have Greg Raymer on your poker podcast at one point? We Boy, that was a thriller where uh, he talked about uh, manufacturing costs of his weird glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was great. I uh we, we actually did have a couple of guests during the all in days, but um, I, I don't I don't recall <laughs> me having well honed interview skills back in those Come days. On. So the Monopoly yeah, guy was great. Did Booker First of all, buy all that old footage of your or your tournaments to put in the <laughs> rotation. I, I do have. A lot of old- I have, by the way, if anybody uh, if anybody needs it, this will be in the next prize pack. Now that I no longer have uh, access to chamber plaques, I have the full DVD box set of uh, my two seasons on Cash Poker. Wow! So if anybody wants those, who has a DVD uh, player these days? Well, thankfully nobody. What's great is the first season I am featured on camera uh, at the beginning and end of every uh, episode, and my second season is. I actually don't think we need to see this guy so much. Maybe <laughs> we just let him be a voice and we'll show the hot chick uh, that we pay much more than him. Uh, and we'll just show her. Uh, and that seemed to be uh, that seemed to be the route they went. Right. Uh, we we obviously have a lot to catch up on. But before we do, I, I you know, I, I want to give a little bit of everybody's origin story. Anyone who appears on this show that knew us from our past lives, I, I feel like, you know, a, a Cliff's Notes versions of how we got here is is necessary. So you you actually go deep. You go back to the poker days. So why don't you talk about how you how you ended up as, as a mainstay? Uh, let's see. That was been about 2005-ish. I was uh, uh, starting to listen to iTunes and found the, the your you know, All In Poker podcast. Started listening to that and a couple different poker podcasts. Um, then I won a tournament at the Oaks Club in Emeryville, California, to play in the World Series of Poker fifteen hundred dollar buy-in limit tournament, uh, including all expenses paid, room and board, or hotel flights at the Plaza, 
the lovely plaza down mm, I bet it was all expenses paid at the fucking plaza. So they threw in 30 bucks worth of expenses. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that was before they got all the fancy furniture from the Fountain Blue and that went bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, the old furniture. Um, and I, when I was out here doing that, I actually coordinated with you and Sean to meet up and we played the Sahara poker tournament. And Did. you and I busted out early. And uh, had time to talk because your wife ended up chopping for winning that thing. Yeah, that was that was infuriating. My yeah, my my ex wife goes so deep into the tournament that she uh, she not only makes the final table, she makes the final two. My favorite part of that, by the way, was at one point when it was down to two, they were like, uh, "Do you want to chop?" And she's like, "Nope." She wouldn't chop because she had the. To be fair, she had the the chip. She had him covered. She had the chip lead. I think she ended up finishing second. To be fair, but yeah, I mean, you and I, yeah, you and I had a lot of time because we were nowhere near the final table. By the way, the Sahara tournament. Can I talk about how much I miss the Sahara tournament? It was sixty bucks plus. You could tack on another forty. Plus, (laughs) plus shitty pizza or tasteless. The best part was the buffet. At the first break, they would set up a table, and it either had, like, Little Caesars pizzas or a cold-cut platter where you could make your own sandwiches. Now, you got to remember, this is pre-COVID. Okay? Very much pre-COVID. Right? If, you saw, if you saw this, it wasn't, it wasn't safe to eat then. But if you had seen this now, after uh, 2020... Uh, you would have freaked the fuck out because it was literally just just meat laid out, everybody breathing on it, touching it. Like, it was a nightmare, and I ate so many sandwiches. Meat in the other. It was great. It was great. I do miss that tournament. Oh, I miss so that um, That's where we met, and then I ended up moving out here in January of 2007 and um, did not work my first year here. I just played poker, and so I would, when we'd have the little meetups, you got you and Tommy actually had jobs. You were working at Don Best at, together at the time, so you'd be like, "Well, I have to go," and I'm like, "I don't." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that so was always awkward because yeah, we weren't we weren't really playing real stakes, but you like that. You moved out here to be a professional poker player. Like that was the that was the goal and the and the and the idea. Yeah, I mean, I was I I knew I didn't have the right. St- I was like, I'll give it a stab. Let's see what happens. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so because my that's when my roommate had moved out here, had bought a house, had uh, had played, per, decided to come out in two thousand six, see if there was something that he could make work, and it did. And then he's like, "Hey, well, come out. I got a huge house, you know, a couple of bedrooms. You can have the whole upstairs." And it was still like a third of what I was paying in Berkeley. So I'm like, "Yeah, sounds good." And by the way, so I, I went to that house uh, a couple of times, and it was insane. Like it was very much about it was it was like this huge five bedroom house, two story. But there was only a few of you living in there, and it was very, like, yeah. you know, there were no, there were no women involved. And the reason I know that is because there was no furniture. <laughs> like, the, like the whole, the whole upstairs was just empty. There was a ping pong table. We could have full on tournaments. There was TVs. TVs were everywhere. That was easy to come by. But yeah, other than that, there was no, there was no decor. There was no furniture. It was yeah. just a barren, giant <laughs> five bedroom house. Yeah, two of the rooms were empty, had nothing. I had my stuff in one room, and then I had, like, a little office in the other. <laughs> and then the master bedroom was downstairs. Well, I yeah, believe that was, that was amazing. that it was in our first ever video that we shot for TAI. The 100-shot challenge was shot at that house. Yeah. Yes. 
Uh, oh boy, was it ever! Yeah, and it's ridiculous. Now there's so many ways. Like there was one road in and one way, one road out to get into that place. Now it's fucking civilization out there. There's yeah. stores and mall, and there's eight different ways to get in. Yeah, I was like, man. So yeah, we, you know. we would we would have to drive down like one dark, lonely road to get to the M, which was like the only casino you could access from there, and it was uh, it was dicey, especially if you had been drinking shots. Uh, <laughs> Uh, beforehand but anyway so uh yeah so that that is that is where we met uh, and then when uh tommy and i split and decided to go our separate ways let's pretend like it was that clean you were actually the first person i contacted and said hey listen he's out uh i have a sickness and i need to keep doing this would you be in and you you were on board and you were sort of the last and and I what, one of the reasons I'm thankful to you is you actually held down the last tiny kernel of the thought that this was going to be a Las Vegas podcast. Like you were the only <laughs> till the very end. You did Vegas news, even though nothing else about that show uh, remained Vegas. You you held it down. Hey, I, I believe I, was, I had I had my values. I had to stick to them. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah boy if you know folks that ain't that the truth so uh but you know when we had so much time to talk we we started finding out all these other things right we found out that you had a bit of a sordid past and uh we got a chance to learn about uh, some of your proclivities um i mean listen you'll be on this show uh, uh on a fairly regular basis so we don't need to get into all of it now but uh, i do want to say that there was a few uh, aspects of it that were particularly interesting and uh, and I think pertain to I think people want to know and want an update on them over the last 10 years first off is your job situation now when we again when I first met you the goal was to be a professional poker player that was your job that didn't pan out then after that things got real touch and go we uh, we of course we know that you uh, that you were in the kakui nut sales game for a while you were uh, you were doing the books at a trailer park for a while um our, our good friend patch 406 his favorite memory is you running the merch table at a mike epps uh, comedy show uh, so you you had all these sort of little jobs and, uh, and and then towards the very end, you were kind of getting into the real estate game. You actually got me my job. And uh, so I think everybody really wants to know, bring us up to date. Where, you know, over the past 10 years, where has your job search led you? Uh, still a licensed real estate broker here, in, or real estate agent here in Nevada. So selling houses here. And then I also still, I've been doing bookkeeping and accounting for a production company, an entertainment uh, live event and uh, commercial production company for probably that same amount of time. I, if I hadn't started then, I started right a, around there. So, what what ended up happening with the trailer park? That was my favorite of all of your jobs. Uh, you and I, while we were still doing the show, one of my favorite memories was we went to the bing the bingo night. Oh yeah, we did oh. that at the, at the trailer park, and you were. Like fucking Frank Sinatra. You're going from table to table. You're schmoozing. Everybody loves you. You're like the young hip guy. It was the best. What ended up happening with the trailer park? Because that was my favorite job that you had. Yeah, so that was kind of like my Al Pacino job where they just kept dragging me back in. Like I went there <laughs> and I, I got my real estate license and I left. And then they, the person who I had found to replace me ended up like her 
her mom passed away, her brother, and she basically had a breakdown and left them in the lurch. And so I, they called me back and I came in and so I was kind of doing split duty because that was a part-time job. So I was able to do um, some stuff in the day. And then if I needed to go show houses after two or something, I could do that. So I was kind of working on my business. Um, did that. Then I left again, mm-hmm. um, was working in the real estate and the, with the production company. And then I got a call, a frantic call from one of the board of directors. And keep in mind, this is, they're all in their late seventies, early eighties. You know, it's mm-hmm. a self-managed board of, they don't know anything. They, the woman who had replaced me, they said, Hey, she, she left, she's gone. She, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, can you come help us and just like help, you know, get us through the end of the month. And so I, I went down there and I looked and immediately red flags were rockets were flying. It was just, uh, I'd looked, I'd opened up QuickBooks and there was something like 4,200 unentered transactions. Mm, and I was like, okay. Oh shit. Well, to um, be fair, like if you're doing accounting for a group of people that doesn't know how to open an Excel spreadsheet, you're going to get, you're going to get robbed. That's just, that's just part for, you need to accept that at the beginning. Yeah. So it sounds she like that's what she did. Yeah. She had, cause we had stopped taking cash when I was there because they had been victims of that previously. <laughs> so we stopped <laughs> taking cash and only were taking credit cards. And then something with the credit card processor changed and she just didn't set up new credit cards. So all these people were not getting charged their monthly assessment. And of course they're old, so they don't know. Right. Some people were trying, they were trying to pay and she said, Oh no, we're working on it. So what happened finally is they were getting an audit by the state and Mm. she kept telling the state, Oh, you know, I'm waiting for stuff on the, from the board, the board. She kept telling the board, Oh, the state, you know, they postponed it. So finally the state was like, they sent a letter, registered letter to all the board members saying, I'm going to be there on Wednesday. You bet. And that's when the girl fucking bolted. The gig was Wow. Up. So basically, oh the, the state forced them to get hire a professional management company because um, they were no longer capable, capable of managing it themselves. So I worked through to catch, clean up all the books and then transition it to a professional management company. But did, uh, like, did, did it... Did it like was she stealing money or was she just incompetent and doing nothing? Some yes, yes, and yes. She, yeah, sure. She, I, she was paying herself more. Um, okay. Somehow she got, um, she got QuickBooks set up where with the um, the electronic signatures. So she had basically stolen the signatures of two of the board members and mm. was signing checks. Because <laughs> um, there wasn't enough funds because she wasn't collecting all these dues. So the water bill was bouncing like they were going to shut off the water the sewer bill was they owed like $150,000 on sewer bill Jesus and all these because she wasn't she and when we had a she deleted everything so I we were trying to get back in and find out you know what we could um we had some guy come in and she had something like eight and a half gigabytes of candy crush data on the computer <laughs> <laughs> He was like, I didn't know that was even possible. Like, no, I, don't I thought know that was how getting... much Candy Crush you would have to play. Yeah, to to add up to that. I thought um, that was going to head a very di- different direction. I've got to say, I didn't think it was going to be Candy Crush data out of that. That is amazing. Yeah so, yeah, so she did start taking cash again from people and then pocketing that cash. Um, of course, she paid herself. Like I looked back at like her the time cards and what she'd paid herself. 
and she overpaid herself for weeks when she wasn't there because she happened to be, um, and we'll get to this in our list of things, um, she happened to be at the concert during the shooting. And Ooh, yeah. with her two kids and her husband, I mean, it was a traumatic event, and like they had to run for their lives, and her, her husband basically moved to, like, hulked to... Uh, uh, food trucks out of the way so they could get through and like busted his leg and they were cowering in the basement of the Tropicana for a couple hours until they got the all clear. But she used that as like an excuse to stop. Like she was gone for weeks at a time. Cause, and I'm sure some of it was probably legitimate, but then she was paying herself the whole time. Right. And yeah. the board members were like, I don't remember signing this. And we, we looked and like she, she was using like a, an electronic version of their signature to sign some of the checks. <laughs> I just love that you had to come in and issue what can only be described as fucking trailer park justice. And like you, like you brought this fucking crime syndicate down. That's impressive, folks. So So they did issue, they did arrest, finally arrest her. Like she was, she was where they found out because she had unfriended me on Facebook, but she had not unfriended me on Instagram. So I was still seeing like, well, I'm like, well, she's still here. So I was telling them, and we gave the police like the, the contact and they find she was working at um, Ahern, which is like the equipment like rental place. And they went in and knocked, knock, like, hey, come with us. So yeah, I don't know yeah. what happened. I haven't I don't know what the final resolution, like what she got sentenced to or. So you um, didn't have to testify finally, or anything sweet no. like that? Oh. You probably did a, got a plea deal or something. I think I sure. we, we supplied all the evidence to the police and. There were some like she had signed some uh, uh, credit card authorizations with that. Like she had forged the board member's name, and it was clearly not even a close match. That's <laughs> um, great. Like, yeah. So they finally got taken over, and they had to go go legit and have a, a professional management company. So I haven't been back there. So she ruined it for people that are more skilled at the grift that are in it for the longer term that won't yeah. rent people's bank accounts yeah. off, but may mooch their way into free football tickets or a free meal. First of all, Tony, do not, don't jump the gun here. We have a long way to go. (laughs) We're going to get to that. Of course Uh, I get no rundown. I don't know what we're going to discuss here, but apparently I'm jumping the gun. (laughs) That was, you know what we're going to call that? Foreshadowing. I took English 101. All right, listen, so that, so that, so, Finishing up on the job part. So you mentioned, you know, obviously, so you're still a licensed real estate agent. You're doing that. But you also mentioned that you're doing the books for this entertainment company. But you're, you seem to be doing more than that because people that might follow you on social media have seen, like, you seem to be, like, traveling across country. You're fucking, you got a U-Haul involved. Like, you're doing something other than books. Yeah, well, we had a show that we were producing that we were, um, during when you during, say when you say we were producing, let's just <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm helping. I'm All right. Helping sign Everybody, contracts and everybody's important. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. The, okay. The, that is being that they're producing. Um, <laughs> and we obviously because everything came to a screeching halt, you know, in March of 2020. So one of their main businesses is they produce produce several shows for Norwegian Cruise Lines. Um. Ooh, that's a bad business to be in when COVID is. A lot of the stuff I was helping kind of get through, like PPP, whatever, whatever we could get, like kind of 
figure out what bills we could delay paying or who, who would work with us. So I did that for a while, and then, I, then there was not any business going on for a while. And then they ended up getting a, a grant, and so then it was they got one of the like uh, government grants. So then we had a chunk of money that we had to spend a certain amount of time on business development and projects and stuff like that. So we had this show that we pitched to the cruise lines in Miami, this uh, magic show. And then we needed to get – we were going to do it in New York and then Vegas, like pitch in three different places to different uh, venues and audiences. And, and we were supposed to go to New York first, but then Omicron hit in New York, so we ended up coming to Vegas. They needed someone who was reliable, um, who would drive all the stuff, pick it up in Miami, and drive it to Vegas. So, and then, so they went with you on that? That's yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So you you were essentially driving what, like magic props? Yeah, I mean it's like the set. Like it's kind of like it's set up like a cocktail lounge kind of thing. So there was uh all of like we we had a custom bar built that because uh, the there's bespoke cocktails that are involved with the magic show. Uh, hmm. so there's bar seating and stuff like that, and then there's just the the accessories and the stuff to decorate you know, to for ambiance and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so okay. I don't know what sounds sketchier to me, driving a magic trick across country or driving a cocktail lounge <laughs> across country. It was a magic cocktail lounge. <laughs> it's a magical cocktail lounge. Uh, so, All right, so, so in addition to doing their books, you also made a couple bucks on the side driving, driving magical cocktail lounges uh, to, yeah. to different venues. Correct. Okay. And then helping set, helping set it up and then staying there for a couple of days while I got – got running like when we were in new york it was helping was making the getting all the booze and finding because weird new york has weird liquor laws and finding like the right places where we could get uh the the champagne for the pre-show and the book like so i was working getting that stuff done and doing some of the shopping and filling in so yeah so I, in vegas we had it at a event at a venue here helped set that up and then we did three shows three nightly shows here then a couple months later, we did it in in Manhattan, and we did two weeks there. We wanted because they wanted to see if they could do a run of selling tickets and stuff like that, and making an an actual show out of it. Um, so I helped, got it all, drove it to New York, and then helped set up and everything, and then was there for a couple of days, then came back. Now, how did you enjoy? Now, I have driven back and forth across this country a few times in my life, uh, both moving and for stand up and for different reasons. How did you enjoy essentially, you know, riding solo? Uh, back and forth across this country. So that's all the reason I had done it because the only times I had done it twice as a kid when, I, but I don't remember like when, you know, your dad's running from the law yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. So I had, I was like under the floorboard for like probably a couple states worth. <laughs> so, um, so I didn't really see it. So that was part of the reason. I'm like, sure, I'll. I have not been through those southern states, so I'm like, let's see what they look like. Oh, and, they look like something. I've yeah, done that. Not, southern route. I don't need to do it again. Yeah, I was like, I don't. I couldn't tell you. You could drop me anywhere between Pensacola and New Orleans, and I that all looked the fucking same. Well, it was all th- it's funny land. that you mentioned Pensacola to New Orleans. That's the scenic version because yeah. the whole rest of the country is called Texas. Uh, and when Texas you have one yeah. day, yeah. so wow, I, 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 I was the you. only thing. Because I kind of boxed myself. I had agreed to do this. Then I got selected for this leadership program through the through the Las Vegas Realtors, and it was a six week program. And the first program was on the Friday morning at eight a.m. And I had I had to be there for it. I couldn't miss it. So the only time I could do, I literally I did the red eye out of here on Sunday night. I got to Miami seven in the morning, 
loaded, picked up the truck, got it, went to the prop house, got it loaded, and hit the road. And I made it to Tallahassee. No, I made it to, um, yeah, I think Tallahassee the first night. Tallahassee to Shreveport, Louisiana the second day. And Shreveport to Albuquerque the third day. And no one died. I think that's really the... Uh, yeah, the well, the truck, it was a 22-foot truck, so it would only let me go 70 miles an hour. I could not go any faster. So are you still, are you still doing this? Or what, what do you do right now? What, are, what, is, what would you say your occupation is if, like, a guy asked you? Yeah, I'm a real estate broker, and then I still have this job. I do this. I have a, a bookkeeping accounting side job. Right. And then every now and then a long haul trucker. Well, that was, um, well, I was saying that was done because, but then I was supposed to, in, in the beginning of December, I was supposed to complete the circuit and take it from New York back to Miami because um, the show got picked up by one of the cruise lines and we were going to do a, a test show for their executives, but then they had some. So I still may, I don't know what, I don't know if they ended up getting rid of everything or I still may have a chance to finish the trip and drive it from uh, New York to Miami. Well. Best of luck to you on that. And by the way, it's funny that you mentioned uh, the cruise lines because the, you can tell that they are right now still not 100% because every mediocre to below mediocre comic that I have ever known over the last two decades has been extremely excited about their carnival cruise run that they're doing. I'm telling you, these people, because comics are cheap, essentially, right? They don't require sets that need to be, say, driven across country. They just need one working microphone, and then they do. And so uh, I, I know so many comics who have just been grinding it out in the same shitty clubs that I've been grinding it out in uh, for 20 years, and then all of a sudden have gotten the opportunity to do like a like a seven-cruise run uh, because I think they're just playing it real touch and go yeah. on, the, on the cruises right now for entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. So... Aside from the career, now, one of the interesting things that happened throughout your course of, of being on this show is you, of course, became very close with, uh, with uh, one of our uh, other co-hosts, the late Troy Bohunk. Yeah. Um, and so much so that when, you know, he decided that he was going to purchase a house, he extended the olive branch and said, hey, listen, I'm just I'm a single dude. I'm going to buy this this house. You know, if, if you're looking for a place to crash, you could, you know, you could rent a room from me. And boy, did you do that. Now, how long did you and Troy live together before his passing? Uh, let's see, that 2009 years? Nine years. Yeah, you guys lived- my, my roommate in Anthem was getting foreclosed on. Sure. Well, that, so, I mean, and he ended up milking that. I could have stayed there. Apparently, I, I could have stayed there another like four and a half years because he ended up staying there that long before he finally had to get out of the house. Well, as soon as you said he bought in 2006, I'm like, I bet that ended amazingly. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so you ended up moving in with uh, with Troy, and yeah. uh, and living with him, and and fuck if I mean, Lord, that was a match made in heaven. That was a uh, that was a very long standing. I don't know that I've lived with uh, a person as long as you lived with Troy. To be honest with you, yeah. so and now of course he uh, he tragically passed away in in 2019. We we did a little uh, you know memorial for him on this uh, on uh, TAI. Um, so tell us about your current living situation. What's going on right now? Uh, I am still in the house. You so son of a bitch. <laughs> so um, I'm basically in the per- process of. Probably uh, purchasing purchasing it from his parents. Uh, okay. Yeah. So they don't really 
they don't want to be long distance landlords. His brother and sister don't want it. And so, yeah, basically since, since he passed, I, I've covered all the costs. So it doesn't cost them anything. Right. Um, and then we were going to work on it during the, and then the pandemic hit. So things got a little wonky, but now we're, so we're kind of working. Hopefully this year we'll get that figured out. Oh, congratulations. Uh, a homeowner. That's terrific. Um, now, uh, I know one of his big rules, Troy famously at one point had said that he felt he had passed the point in his life where he was ever going to be involved in a romantic relationship. And he had had a pretty, pretty solid, no broads policy in the house. Where are you in that? Have you, have you loosened that up a little bit where, you know, any, any relationship prospects for you? I have not had any. No, I've got two dogs now. So that was, I added another dog to the mix. Oh, so boy. I'm a crazy old dog, man. Maybe just moving forward, when somebody says romantic prospects, don't immediately go to dogs. How, how many dogs you have. Now, <laughs> like, you are putting up signs as a lesbian. Let me just put it out there. There was a lot of talk of U-Haul trucks. We all know about U-Hauling in the lesbian community. Room. And two dogs, that is a lesbian through and through. I'm so Well, I mean, listen. Uh, Am I that's, wrong, Brian? I mean, listen. I know. I know a few things about lesbians. They uh, they, they love you alls, <laughs> and uh, and and they uh, they generally love pets as well. So you're not wrong. Uh, all right. Well, but what? But now, listen. You're in the process of buying a house. Is the is this something that you when as you look towards your future as a as a homeowner as someone who is getting more established and uh, and you know, listen. You and I are in the same age group. Uh, yeah. Is it something that you that you think about moving forward? Are you like you know what? I'm a confirmed bachelor, like let's say a Liberace type, uh, just never finding the right woman, or no, no. This are, are is it something you think about, or are you just like you know what? I'm happy. This is this is the way I, I you know I I choose to live my life moving forward. Yeah, I'm pretty much. Uh, yeah, I was like I I had a friend visiting this week. Um, and she has an eight year old daughter. And then I, I was like, I, it really, that's, those are the times that I'm like, yep, I do not want children. It was oh, very okay. Fun I thought that was going to go another way. Okay. No, but I'm like, yeah, no, this is, I'm good. So, um, yeah, I was like, I, maybe, I, I don't know if I'll ever get married. I don't, I think that, I think my family has ruined me for that. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Really that is fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how many, how many total marriages do you think you have between your, <laughs> your family members? Mm. I mean, just let's see. My dad, five. My uncle. Oh, three, Jesus! Two. So that's ten between the three of them. <laughs> that's all right. You're right. Hey, Fair buddy, enough. don't you, throw gla- not- don't throw stones in glass houses. <laughs> five. I mean, listen. I get it. Uh, things happen. I'm 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 certainly no uh, no saint in that regard. You're forty percent of the five. way there. One of the guys, one person is, is half of them. That's a lot. Uh, so, all right. You were not given, a, a, you were not giving a fight and fighting chance in, yeah. in that regard. So. Um, but I will say, you know, as, as an outsider, as someone who does. And now I've been very, alone so long that I'm like, I don't want to share anything. Right. You're well, that makes sense. That's like my father, right? My, my dad was a divorced guy. And then I think he was a little bit of a playboy, like in, in like the middle years, cause he had an accent and, uh, yep. you know, he was relatively charming, but then he got to a point where he was like, okay, well, if I don't want to die alone, I should marry somebody. And he tried to marry like a mail order bride for a minute and it didn't pan out. But, uh, cause, but, but the reason it didn't pan out is because 
yeah, he had been alone for so many years of his life. He's like, no, I live the life that I want to live. I'm not interested in adapting my life at all to another human being. So this lady's like, I would prefer to go back to Europe. <laughs> Even though I've wanted to be in America for a long time, I would prefer to go back than deal with your bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that you might be like in that same zone where yeah. you're like, forget it. I'd just rather live my my life. And I got to tell you, as again, as a guy who's married, as a guy who's got three kids, I look at your life on social media. Seems fucking great. You go to every hockey game. You're at every Raider game. How exactly is that happening? <laughs> this is the Donahue. Hmm. What's this? Um. So the Raiders games, like, I do not have season tickets, but I have only... Oh, I didn't believe that you did. Uh, But I was curious how you went to every game. Let's be clear Um, here, Phobes. You don't have season tickets in name, but you go to every single game, (laughs) almost home and away. Yeah, that's true. I have been to the LA games a couple times. Um, So one of my friends uh, who does have season tickets, he, he and... Six or eight of his coworkers all have seats in the same row, but they all work for the same company, and they're they're a civil engineering company, and one of their main contracts is with the federal government. So when the federal government tells them they have to be somewhere, they have to be somewhere. So a lot of times he was not able to make his tickets. So if he couldn't sell them, or you know he had offered them to me, and then his boss's wife, who I know through another circle of people. Um, she goes to all the games, and but her husband, he doesn't. Her my friend's boss doesn't really like. He'd rather watch the games at home with the dogs. He's I think he's been to one or two of the home games. So I'm her football husband. <laughs> so I get to go to football games, and you know we meet up at uh, in the morning. We grab all the stuff that gets for the um, tailgate, and then then I'm at the games. So, and then hockey. Right. Th- I I have a couple a couple friends that group too that has season tickets and so occasionally they have them available so get a decent deal on them and i go here's what's fascinating about that so during our our tai run you had a bit of a reputation uh some called you a mooch other you called yourself a bon vivant (laughs) that you're just listen like hey people are here they want to have a good time. To be fair, you're a single guy. You have no real responsibilities. So if if there's an opportunity, there's very, you know, where, whereas I would have to turn things down, you didn't have to turn anything down. And boy, did you not. Uh, you would often, you know, hey, jump right in. So it earned you the the, the nickname of, uh, of, of Moot. And here's what's interesting. Uh, you know, when we started the relaunch, in addition to your friends who have these tickets and, you, you know, you've, you've gone and done all these things, you have remained in contact and had a great relationship with many of the people that you met uh, through this show. Yes. And over the course of this last 10 years, which I cannot stress enough, there has been no shows. <laughs> you have still managed to go out, have great meals, meet up with people, do fun things. The Haitian could not wait to tell me about a, uh, a an invitation that he extended to you very recently to like a $1,200 meal, which you, uh, you know, you graciously let uh, another person pay for. So you he offered, he said, Hey, I'm coming. I have all these comps. Do you, mm-hmm. where should we go? And you, did you give him a suggestion? 
Oh, that, that no, that was the time before. Um, <laughs> that was Giada was the first. That was just the two of us. Then the last time he was on a college like scouting trip with his son, and Callum happened to be here, so we all went to Nobu. So, <laughs> that was his so here's I got to tell you something though. So I I actually agree with you in that. If it's comp, like if I can chip, I think I do. We did help chip in on the t- the tip. We took care of the tip. So, but I, I didn't, I didn't, add, I was invited and I said, yes, I, I believe you. And here's what I'm, I'm trying to tell you that like, I actually agree with you. The people that have called you a mooch over the years, I actually disagree with them. Uh, now understanding what has happened over these last 10 years, I actually don't think you're a mooch. I think you might be the most brilliant long con artist of all time. Like, they're going to make a Netflix doc about you one day. Like, this is incredible. Uh, you have, uh, and, and, and it's just the fact that you have, like, remained, like, you've, this is, this is another reason why you probably should never get married or find somebody. Why do you need somebody being like, you're going out again? You don't need that in your life. Why? <laughs> you need to be available because if, if the inkling of an opportunity arises for a sporting event, a meal, anything, like, you got to be fucking ready to go. Yeah. And to your credit, you have been, and God bless you, man. You've, uh, you've, you've cashed it in. Oh, look, yeah. I, I would say you're right there, Brian, but he is getting to the age where he can become like this silver fox and then pick up a woman that's 70, 75, that's going to pay mm. all these bills. And, look, he won't take advantage. He won't cash in his chips early. He's going to play the game perfectly. He's not going to put the family offside. I think he's getting himself in a, to a perfect position to do marriage for not the right idea. reasons, and that's not for love. Money, of course. That's yeah. actually brilliant. And can I actually mention this? We're, so we're the three of us are on video right now. I'll take a snap and I'll post it later. But I have to say, you know, so like you and I are around the same age. I think you might have a one or two years uh, on me. Here's how you know that you're like a single guy with no kids. You still have like this delightful mane of like brown hair. You can't see. You can't see because of the camera. But I have silver streaks. Every I'm like a fucking it's like Wolverine. I got uh, just just from here back. It's still mostly dark, which is good because my wife tells me that that's attractive. But at some point, like that ratio is going to flip and it's going to be mostly white and a little bit of black. And at that point, I do not think that it's going to be attractive anymore. You, on the other hand, have like the boyish brown hair of a of a of a 22 year old. But Ugh, it's the- yeah. Yeah. Don't, there you go, kids. Don't, don't, don't have children. Um, and I, I do things so, that like people need. Like I, I people need. Like I just had to ship. I I shipped some uh, uh, dog treats to Callum, so he had them shipped. You know, so I've uh, received some things here, and then he needed it shipped uh, to England, so I took care of that for him. I've I've got a like a I'm stash sorry. of a toaster and a teapot and some stuff whenever he comes to town. Oh, I bet I he's got a teapot. Are you yeah. telling me that they don't have dog treats in England? That's correct. They, yeah, they he's don't telling me it's a, it's a specific kind for his pup has a some kind of an issue, and they don't have them there. So uh, he was supposed to come out here and then wasn't able to. So he's like, "Hey, can you put those in the in the post for me?" So I did. I have to, shockingly, I sent them here on a Friday, and they got to England the following Thursday, which I thought was quite fast. 
It's not bad. I, I do want to say real quick, since we're talking about dogs, I actually uh, I, I do want to say a rest in peace to a, a dog that we uh, that we lost over this past uh, week. We uh, we had about six years ago, uh, we had our family adopted like a 10 year old long haired chihuahua. His name was Cola. He's a fucking the like the meanest dog. He only liked my wife. He bit the shit out of me. He didn't like care for our kids. He was just an ornery dog. Uh, but uh, but we and, and we were told like, you know, hey usher this kid through his last like two, three years of life. And we were happy to do that. And then he lived for six years um, and we just barely lost him. And uh, th- this past week, and it was a weird situation where like, we didn't, we didn't know what to do. Like we were going to like take him to the vet and maybe have him cremated and take his ashes. And, but, but my wife wasn't really emotionally ready to do that. And so what ended up happening was we waited too long. Like we waited a week. He, he was just in a box outside for a week and I'm like, we can't take him to the vet now. We can't do it. Uh, like, I don't want to be that, like, and then she didn't, like, my idea was like, hey, maybe we just throw him in the trash. And she's like, how dare you? So we didn't throw him in the trash. Good good call, Tony. Perfect time for that music. Uh, so we decided as a family that we were going to bury him in our backyard, which I think there might be weird legal uh, issues with that. Yeah, but for whatever reason, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, we're going to bury him in, in the yard. So I tried to dig in Las Vegas backyard. Thank you for bringing that up, Phobes. I don't know if anyone here has ever tried to dig a hole, but it's fucking hard to do. I don't know these people that dig holes, but I got a shovel and I started digging. And I'm like, my original thought was like, all right, maybe like a good, he's a small dog, maybe a good three feet you know, down. But then I'm running into like, you know, irrigation and there's tarps underneath. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. It was a whole thing. So we went about a foot and a half. But um, <laughs> anyway, rest in peace, Cola. And if uh, we end up selling this house at some point, you're going to find some weird shit if you ever decide to do landscaping. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It is. Uh, he he was not. Uh, he was not buried deep. Uh, anyway. All right. So listen. One of the months, though. Yeah. One of the big uh, 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 things that you were famous for, as I mentioned at the top of the interview, was uh, was Vegas news. Now. We have been off for almost 10 years, so I thought a fun thing to do was to get people up to date. So let's do a countdown of the biggest Vegas news stories of the last 10 years. Now, Folks, I, I will hand it over uh, to you. Oh, go I ahead, haven't Tony. got a Vegas news drop, but I do have a news drop from our other show. Did you want me to use that? I mean, now it makes me upset, but go ahead. Oh, well, I'm glad we waited. All right, go You're ahead, uh, Phobes. Let's uh, let's do a countdown. Where where you want to start? Okay, they, I'm trying. They're kind of in order, but not really. Um, let's see. We'll start with obviously. I think we talked about it a bit. The uh, the October 1, 2017 shooting. Oh, you know that was right. major news. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was news. Like you didn't yeah. say good news. Let's make everything rainbows fair. and skittles. That is fair. It was it was a huge it was a huge news story. The biggest uh, mass shooting uh, to that point in the still I think actually yeah I, uh, I think, yeah we're gonna I think we'll, yeah American uh, yeah. in American history it was at uh, and it was at like a like a country music outdoor festival right yeah and i believe yeah, it's route the, 97 or route something like that i believe it's the only one alex jones hasn't called a conspiracy where was well, he there was a lot of people that were calling into conspiracy stuff yeah <laughs> yeah and that was that was weird because uh you know so uh if you didn't know yeah it was an outdoor concert and the guy basically like uh took suitcases full of guns up to his like room at the mandalay bay 
Yep. And uh, yeah, and then just uh, decided to basically start picking people off. It was fucking horrendous. Um, and uh, well, the Mandalay Bay seems to be doing fine, though. I gotta be, I gotta tell you the truth. They uh, they've they've really bounced back like champs. Well, they did the uh, MGM actually just sold the uh, so they're they're keeping two acres of that parking or the parking lot across there for a memorial, but they just sold the other like twenty two acres to for another development. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, it was, it was actually a TAI person um, that I knew who actually I was, cause I was at home. It was, it was, it was like 10 o'clock or something. I was at home. I, I heard some sirens and stuff, but that's not unusual for my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then I got a, a, I think a Facebook message from JR in Australia saying, Hey, are you okay? What's going on? I'm like, what? what's going on? Yeah. So then I turned on the news. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. That's uh so yeah, it was a crazy, uh, Crazy thing. I think we all know someone who was there or uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So so that was uh I think that that was number one. Number two, and this is this could probably be all ten of them, but um the growth of professional sports in Las Vegas. Amen. Yeah, that's been amazing. Yeah, starting with the Golden Knights, which their first game was two days after the shooting, their first home game. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's one of the reasons they kind of obviously it's a new it was a new team, so they didn't come with any baggage from another city. Um, and so I think, and being here and I think they handled it extremely well, the way they were out in the community and the way they did a tribute to everyone who, um, who died that day. And then also the fact that they, in their first year in the league, they made it to the Stanley cup finals. (laughs) Well, and also, and, and that was amazing, but also like they really proved a concept. We would have had a franchise a million years ago, but everybody said the same thing about Las Vegas, which is like, it's just transient. It's just tourists. The, the, you know, they, as a community, they will never support a team. Uh, and they came in and just proved that, first of all, we could. And also, by the way, it helps tourism because if, you know, if, if your team is playing uh, here in Vegas, uh, you make a weekend out of it. You come out, you watch the game, you, you, you gamble, you eat, you do all the other things. So it ended up being tremendously uh, successful. And as you were, you know, kind of alluding to kind of these you know, spread that to some other uh, franchises as well. Yeah. On the back of that, then the Raiders announced they were moving to Las Vegas. So now we, we have the Raiders. Then we have now the world championship WNBA aces. Mm-hmm. Um, so they won the world championship last year and they just, I think they just signed like the other, like number one player in the WNBA. So they should be defending that. And that's also owned by Mark Davis, who owns the Raiders. Um, now that the Raiders games are different stories. They're the, Part of it obviously has to do with the team sucking balls um, towards the end of the year. Um, but the number, of, like, there's definitely a lot more fans from the other teams that show up there. And I see a lot of the, on the Raiders forums and stuff like that, people bitching and moaning. But that's the only reason the stadium got built is because those people are going to come here for the weekend and spend a couple grand on our economy. And that's once and again that, why we don't have taxes. That stadium is in insane if yeah. you come out to vegas like you can see it it's right off the 15 it is the it, it's it's the best currently the best stadium in uh in, in the country i would i would venture to say maybe like, so far which i went to so far and i didn't think it was all that great i mean it's okay i mean it's, it's pretty but a lot of the shell at sofi is just a shell on top of a stadium that's inside so you don't actually use it for anything in the game right it's it's there for design but um, but the, yeah, so then we, we they added a second NASCAR race in November. We're going to have our first night, a three-year oh, F1. Yeah, this so is going to be huge, be crazy, because F1 have purchased that big strip of land um, in the north end of the strip 
that they're redeveloping. Um, really, uh, yeah, it's right in the middle. It's on Harmon. Yeah, it's where that. I don't know. Back in the day, like thanks right probably before I moved here, there was that there was that reality show on True TV about I, the nightclub Ice. They were on Koval. And, oh yeah, I remember that place. And it's been sitting there, you know, empty. Yeah, empty for all these years. So they uh, F one paid two hundred fifty million dollars for that lot, and that's where they're going to build the paddock and the starting line. And it's already going up. I it was a day, so they've already graded the field, and they're already starting to build. Um, and then obviously it's going to because it's going to race down Harmon, take a left at uh, the Venetian Sands to Las Vegas Boulevard, down Las Vegas Boulevard, back to Harmon. So it's like three point four four miles or something, three point five seven. Yeah, it's going like to be that. a super quick lap um, because yeah. shocker, a few fans of this podcast are actually fans of F one now. So. Yeah. That I have an F1 uh, text message chat with. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know I, I, I didn't know much about it. I watched the, the Netflix thing, and I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool, so let me. And actually, Haas Auto, Haas Automation is actually moving. They own the number, for now at least, they own the number 10 team or whatever. Um, they're moving to Henderson, so they're relocating from California, so actually one of the team owners is here. Well, that's their um, CNC business that they're moving. Their F1 team is still in Italy and South Carolina and England. <laughs> it's yeah. in a bunch of places. Um, but they're the eighth team, actually, not the tenth. Okay. Williams suck okay. worse than them. Oh. Thank, God that you, thank God that you cleared that up. All right, we're going down a You're weird welcome. rabbit hole, Tony, yeah. that I was interested in. Then we got the Henderson Silver Knights. you got the Night Hawks, which is Arena League football. You've got the mm-hmm. Desert Dogs, which is, uh, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Lacrosse. <laughs> lacrosse you've got the uh, las vegas lights the soccer team and then we're going to have the las vegas vipers ufl which will be starting in february so wait. i mean we've gone from you couldn't mention las vegas on an nfl game to everyone that, yeah how about that yeah. NBA and by thing? the way we'll we'll get one i guarantee yeah. we're going to end up with one and we're probably going to end up with baseball before that and my favorite is, like, the big deal was gambling, right? They were so afraid to bring people here because it might influence gambling. Now, fuck it. Gambling is everywhere. It's nationwide. They, they, they talk about the betting lines as part of the, like, the pregame shows. Yeah. Like, all of that is gone. So Vegas is going gonna, is gonna to blow up even more. Yeah. And then also legal weed. So oh. <laughs> deep in. Now, are you, uh, do you partake, Phobes? I do. And it was it was hilarious, you know. Actually, Nick was, or Troy Bohunk was a, a partaker of it. He wouldn't do it when it was illegal. As soon as it was legal, I love that. First trip to Laughlin, oh, yeah. he went and loaded up. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I uh, like I have some gummies in my house right now. I don't I don't do it a lot. I uh, do it for the kids. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's <laughs> it's like you know if I need to do that. I, in my mind, I'm always like, I'm going to have one and watch a movie. But what happens is I have one and then I just scroll through the Netflix menu for four hours. Um, but uh, you know what it is? It's like I, I, my body understands what it's like to get drunk. but It's not accustomed to getting high and it's so different. Like the first time I went and like bought uh, some weed, like I, I just bought some pre-rolls. I didn't really know what to do. And so... You know, it's late afternoon and the sun's going down and my wife and I are in the uh, our backyard and we're in chairs and whatever. I light it up and we're passing it back and forth. And then, you know, we're having a good time. And then one of our kids comes down and says that they're hungry. And we're like, OK. And then I tried to stand up and I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know what to do. And I there's no off switch. Like I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't function. So I uh, I am. 
I am very sparingly like I, I I like it. I'm glad it's legal, but I do not mess with it very, very often because I cannot do much on it. Yeah, that's the next step is they have approved and now they're just coming out with the regulations for consumption lounges. So there will be the cafes where you can go in and actually consume because technically you're only supposed to consume it in a private home. Uh, but obviously, if you walk anywhere down the strip, that is not happening. Um, no. You're walking through giant clouds of it. Um, but there, there'll be these lounges throughout town that will you'll be able to go in and you know buy kind of like the Amsterdam cafe style. All right, uh, next one is area the uh, area fifteen, the building of that. Yeah, uh, so that's a that's a weird spot. I uh, I've been a couple of times, and it's. Describe kind of what it, it is. Should be on weed weed deal. Too. So it's yeah. sponsored by Meow Wolf Heart Collective, which is out of New Mexico, I think. And they built yeah. – so there's several different um, – there's some permanent exhibits and then there's some alternate – you know, like they have like Illuminarium or something like that, which right. is audio-visual thing. They had the Van Gogh exhibit, you know, fully immersive Van Gogh thing. Then they have this thing called Omega Mart, which is it's full-on – grocery store but it's all the products are crazy and it's all it's like with the simpsons like a quickie mart met like uh alice in wonderland met a grocery store yeah it's <laughs> weird so i've i've, I've done it yeah so it, it's like you're walking into a grocery store but yeah like there's weird secret passageways and you'll open a freezer door and it's a door to like another back room and it's it's very trippy and you're correct like i i took my kids but the next time i go i will not take my kids and i will take uh, you know, a gummy beforehand. And I think I'll have a much better time because it is real trippy. Yeah. And they have a thing called the lost, uh, lost spirits distillery where they make rum and it's got separate. It's kind of like a, it's, a, they've got little circus acts inside and stuff like that. And there's four different stations where you can get different uh, rums that they made. They, they make there. Um, and actually, and they just announced that they're, they acquired 22 extra 22 additional acres and universal studios will be opening a permanent, like, Halloween of Horrors thing there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that's have that's cool having a big name, you know, Universal Studios buying something into Las Vegas and committing to Las Vegas. So I think, you know, that's it's it's significant. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Then like kind of like no I don't know really the no much people know about it, but basically one company now owns almost like 80% of the strip. It's called Vici. <laughs> it's a, a real estate uh, investment trust. And they have basically bought, because during the pandemic and stuff, MGM, Caesars, they wanted to cash out because they're sitting on all of this valuable land, all these valuable buildings, but it was locking up some of their cash. So they basically sold to this REIT, and that company owns all the land. They own the casino, they own the buildings, they own the land, and then MGM, and they then rent it back from them and have a management contract to manage um, so it'll be interesting if they ever, if we ever have a little like great recession kind of thing and these places get foreclosed on or what's going to happen when they don't, they don't, you know, they're just paying rent now. They don't actually own the underlying assets. Jesus. So, okay. Yeah. So that one company owned and they, they cross platform, you know, um, build uh, companies and everything. Um, that leads us to that. Uh, number six I have is the pandemic shutdown. First time ever Las Vegas was permit completely shut down. Like they had to actually go find chains and locks because the doors didn't have locks on them. That was insane. So yeah, like all of the um, all the casinos had to cash out like all their slot machines and everything. Like every, everything had, and uh, like a lot of people did. Like 
you know, my family and I like went down and we walked. The, you could just walk down the middle of the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah. It was completely empty. Everything was locked up. Like my dream, of course, was to run roughshod through one of the casinos. But boy, did they not let you do that. They were yeah. very well uh, protected during that time. But it was crazy. That I, I never thought I'd see the day. There were wild animals that were going from like the Bellagio fountain across the street to the Venetian to checking out other water. There was like foul, like crossing the street back and forth, checking weird. out other neighborhoods. Um, yeah, I happened. To, I had a friend in town, so I happened to be at the Stratosphere the night they were shutting everything down. And that was, yeah, it was so eerie to just see everything being powered, powered down. Um, then uh, we have then, so basically the expulsion due to sexual harassment of Steve Wynn from Las Vegas. You know, one of the main guys responsible for building modern Las Vegas was unceremoniously forced to sell his stock and told to get the hell out. Yeah. Um, so now Elaine Wynn is the largest uh, shareholder. His yeah, wife, a, his wife, was, uh, by the way, which is great. Yeah, his ex-wife, yeah. I'm sure he's um, doing yeah, okay, though. I'm sure he's well. surviving. He's fine. Yeah, I think he's doing okay. I mean, he's going blind anyway, so. Um, he can't see. Someone just tells him he's at the Bellagio. <laughs> Someone uh, just tells him he's, he's fucking a lady. Uh, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yep. Um, and then another thing that has uh, definitely was like end of an era has pissed a lot of people off is the introduction of paid parking. Fuck that, dude. A hundred percent. I'm so upset about it. Uh, it is so most of the casinos on the strip are doing it. And then also downtown. Downtown used to be like a great bastion where like street parking after 5 p.m. was free. And then there were lots you had to pay for if you want to go. But now it's everywhere. You cannot get away from it. You have to pay to park with the exception of like a handful of casinos that are like holding strong. Yeah, and but look, downtown is much nicer now. If you oh, want nice things, it's and it's a dollar an hour. It's not going to break the bank. Oh, if phobes! If you're on Fremont Street, if you will walk two blocks, either to Stewart or to Bridger, it's free again. It stops at six p.m. So if you would just, but we're Americans and we have, you know, we don't want to walk two blocks. I'm but, not walking two blocks. What am I, a fucking Kenyan? But do you want to be walking hey, those not, two you know, blocks? That's the issue. <laughs> They're a dicey oh. two. They are a dicey so, two blocks. Yeah. So I ended up getting the M Life credit card because that lets you, it's a no fee card and it upgrades you to Pearl status. You can park at all the MGM lots for free. Um, so I think that's probably like the, the best value. I think the, the T of the Caesars also has one. Um, Caesars does let locals park for three hours, but they're fucking Nazis. If it goes, I was there, I went three hours and six minutes, and they charged me for all the back time. They don't start it at three Ooh. hours. They charge you for the original three hours. Burn. That's like, Yeah, I was like, oh, you motherfuckers. So, yeah, so you got to know where um, where to park. So usually what I'll do, I, I go and I get the, uh, the $20, 20-pass, 20 20-trip 20 monorail pass for locals. It's good for a year. And then I'll usually I'll park at MGM, and if I have to get anywhere – I'll take the monorail. So you're not using the, the hyperloop? Get out of here. You, you, you ride the monorail? Absolutely. It's a buck. Oh, so, okay. Especially right. like today I went to the, I went and picked up my badge for the International Builders Show. And the, the International <laughs> Builders Show, folks. What were you doing the, there, folks? And, uh, the National Association of Home Builders. I want to see what's up and coming, what's new in, uh, um, in real estate. 
and what's okay. in, new, in, in new in construction. I went to CES too, and I, I take the I take the monorail. I'll park at MGM and take the monorail. Now, Brian, you're also uh-huh. in real estate. Are you doing yeah. CES and the Builders Conference? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm fucking, first of all, you can't get me off that goddamn monorail. Why don't we just start with that? No, I'm not doing any of those things. Uh, I'm going to a, well, work. I go to an office and I work. All right. What's the, la- what's the, are we down to the last thing on your list? Yeah. So the, the Fountain Blue saga, the Fountain Blue's back. Oh, that's right. It's back. It actually, like, there's a sign on it that now says the Fountain Blue. Like, so obviously it went bankrupt in 2008 and then Carl Icahn bought it for $150 million and, Sold it for scrap. Sold off all the in all the furniture to the plaza and Whiskey Pete's mm-hmm. and wherever else. Uh, apparently, I think the the staircase is in the MG or the downtown Grand is from there. Um, and uh, then it sold to another company out of New York, and they had it for about a year and a half and couldn't perform. And now the um, Coke, Bo- Coke Brothers Real Estate Trust bought it. Oh boy. So, um, and the actual original developer of the Fountain Blue is now back involved. So Evan Sofer, he's back involved after like five iterations. Let me ask you this before we uh, before we wrap up, uh, because even though we're in the same industry, I feel like I'm not as plugged in as you. What's uh, what, what's going on with the real estate market here? What what can we expect uh, in 2023? You didn't even let me finish number ten. Oh, for fuck's sake, Phobes. All right, go you ahead. For an hour and a half. You told me to come up with 10. I'm coming up. So we're saying goodbye to the Mirage and welcome to the Hard Rock. It will be converted to a Hard Rock. That's um, true. Yeah. So the, 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 the volcano's going away, and they're going to build a giant guitar-shaped hotel. But um, why? Okay, I, I get the branding thing, but the volcano, it still draws numbers. Why would you get rid of that thing? It, it draws numbers that convert nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, look at it like... People in their baby strollers that look at it from outside and don't buy anything. Right. They right. No one goes. Room, sir. No that one goes into me. the mirage for sure, and they are that. That is prime real estate for sure. That is center strip, and it is not terrific. Uh, Wilson has now made three final trips to the mirage. So I I like that. They, about asked it. Him, they asked him to keep it until the F one race is over, so it's actually not going to be shutting down quite yet. So probably at the end of this year. But I was, uh, me, I was like, well, why would they close down? Because we're getting the Super Bowl in 2024. So why wouldn't they just wait till February of 2024, then shut down? Because they're going to miss exactly. probably their most profitable weekend ever. Easily. Um, so, right. um, yeah, I think the real estate market's fine. I think uh, we saw, you know, last April, May, we kind of, we peaked, uh, you know, 2020, the second half of 2020 and all of 2021 were nuts. There was people moving here. There's multiple offers on everything. Prices went up about 50% in those two years. So you did plenty of business in that time? Yeah, I mean, I did some good business. But there were also, there's 18,000 agents in Vegas fighting over the same 4,000 know, houses being sold. And well, the problem was there was nothing to sell. We had our lowest inventory ever. We had about 2,000 properties on the market. Um, so as soon as something was on, you didn't need, as soon as something, if you could get a listing, it was sold. Um, I did sell a couple of uh, uh, manufactured homes uh, in the trailer park. In the so park, you, no, no. Let's manufactured <laughs> homes is a bullshit term for a trailer. Let's trailer, be clear. Sure. It, no, because it can't move. It's bolted down. So uh, mine was sold as real property. So it's basically <laughs> just like a house. Okay. It's just made of you know. It's just manufactured. Made of, made of trailer. Of- made of trailer parts. So, so the difference is a trailer keeps its tires on. This you take the tires off it. Gotcha. He's got it. This guy yeah. knows. There's a few more things that have to be bolted down and made permanent. But yeah. Um, so, but you can also sell the land with the the 
manufactured home on it. Um, and that's a different, um, yeah, I mean, I think, and we're also like, obviously when interest rates went from 3% to 6% or 7%, it, uh, yeah. got a lot of people out of the market, especially like in our market where we have, you know, in the 500,000, you know, our median prices, you know, was up to about 485. That's hit. Those people are very price sensitive. Um, but you're seeing as rate, as, uh, the rates are coming down now to the sixes. I'm hearing multiple offers. I'm hearing like people at their open houses are having, uh, Good stuff happening. The 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 builders were able. They offered a lot of. Unlike 2008, they didn't just build, build, build. Like they were only building what they sold. So the few cancellations, the cancellations they have, those are the ones kind of they had to, you know, uh, sell a standing inventory. But they didn't, and they're very fast to. As soon as the market changed in July, they stopped pulling permits. Like we went from like 1,100 a month to 400 permits a month. Um, so they really put the brakes on. So the problem is, if we get in the if the rates get down to the five five and a half in the next six months, it's going to take two years to build all those houses. So we're going to be right in the crunch. We were because there's not going to be enough inventory because sellers don't have to sell. Everyone's able like foreclosures are almost are non-existent. Everyone's locked into like a two and a half to 3% interest rate. So they really have to have a reason to sell and they don't. So there's not a lot of forced sellings like there was before. So it's, you know, I think this year will be probably pretty calm, but I think towards the end of the year, if rates go down, it'll pick up again. There it is, everybody. We did it. We got it. Uh, that is our first mophobe segment of the uh, of the volume uh, two of, of this in Iowa. I think it went fantastically. Uh, of course, we will uh, we will chat with you again uh, next month. And I do have to tease our next episode, so we will be off next week. Well deserved break. I'm exhausted, uh, <laughs> but we will be back on or around February eighth, the second week of February. It's going to be our Super Bowl preview show. And joining us, I have confirmed it, are a couple gentlemen. They go by many names. Some call them the five hundred nine motherfuckers. Shit. Some call them the Sorry for Your Luck crew. But we, of course, know them individually as Patch four hundred six and Y two K. Will be joining or, us or trust no one. Trust no one if you really want to go old school. Or Scott uh, they will Faber. Be joining. <laughs> we got it. There's a lot of aliases. They're very dicey gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but they will be joining us on the next show in two weeks. Uh, so uh, I hope you will stick with us for that. In the meantime, please get involved in all the ways that we have told you to get involved. We've got our Discord. Uh, we've got the social media uh, on Instagram and Twitter, which is TAIV2Podcast. There you go. Turn- Yes, And you can email us, taiv2podcast at gmail.com, or you can just find me or Tony or Phobes or any of us individually on our various uh, social media accounts. All right. I think we're ready. Tony, I'm going to go to you first. Do you have any last things you want to say? Because yeah, I've been waiting I've... 10 years for the, for the catchphrase. <laughs> okay, before I get to that, Phobes, when are you going to get back in our poker game? We don't just do Sundays. We can move to Mondays. I know. Now that Super Bowl, now the football's over, I had a guest this weekend, so I couldn't. I'll, I'll, I'll get back in. Okay. All right. So if, it, that's, we, if that's yeah, the poker game is all about skill. We don't play any luck games. We only play short deck right. and six card wow. Omaha. Hi, hello. Yeah. All about skill, he says. <laughs> uh, now that now that he's won two times in a row, it's really all about skill. Uh, all right. This is it then. All right, folks. Parting words. Nice catch, sir. Nice catch. Talk to you guys in a couple weeks. Thanks. Bye.